Refreshed, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival Special. So it is the Refreshing Podcast, it is Summer Refreshed, and it's a host of Fringe this month, and speaking to a host of people, and none other than someone who's been on my hit list for a long time now, and I feel, Eddie... I'm going to introduce you in the same way that you would probably introduce one of your shows because there's a lot of dramatics. It's a hello, how are we? Please welcome Eddie McKenzie. (laughs) Was that any good? (laughs) Yes, fantastic. You'll have to forgive me, Eddie, because I've got no instruments. I can't play any instruments, so uh, I, I sort of fall down in that regard, which brings me to the point of why Eddie's on the Refreshing Podcast. So actor, yes. Musician, yes. Comedian, yes. Uh, you might debate that. I don't know, Eddie. <laughs> Two shows at the Fringe Festival for 2023. He is the love child of Jack Black and Brian Blessed, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Eddie, how are you, my friend? Oh, it's wonderful to be here. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. What a treat. Yeah, Eddie. So, I mean, where do we start, Eddie? I want to just touch on the fact that I'm going to take you back to March and seeing you at, for the first time, and to be fair, the only time I've seen you live at the Comedy Roast at the Monkey Barrel up against Paul, who I know you've got your first Fringe show with, so there's the rough connection. Yeah. The lasting memory of that, there was a lot of gags. You two... Good job you were mates because you wouldn't have been at the end of that roast, that's for sure. The conversation between you both, it started off with Paul just kind of turning around and saying, and this is because you were having trouble moving the mic stand and adjusting it and turning around and going, I don't even have to fucking roast you, do I? Um, Your friendship together. (laughs) You've got a couple of dates at the start of the fringe. Tell us more, Eddie, with that in mind for how well you two get on. (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, the roast battle was incredible fun, and uh, we have done a couple things together. We uh, have hosted a couple nights in Glasgow, and we've done a few performancey things together. So we thought, let's do a little thing at the Fringe and keep this kind of cool vibe going. And we're only doing a couple of dates at the start, so we're doing the 3rd to the 7th, um, just to start the Fringe off, little double bill extravaganza. We've gone with just the tonic for that. We're at the caves, we're at one of the little rooms in the caves venue, uh, just off the Cowgate, so very handy. So in terms of the actual show, I mean, it it is called Eddie and Paul, so that's quite easy to remember. Just Tonic at the Caves kind of rolls off the tongue as well. The relationship between you and Paul then, Eddie, because your comedy is very much sort of is enhanced by the use of guitar and singing, whereas Paul, is he a bit more straight in terms of without the instruments? Is that right? Absolutely, yeah. So I'm I'm very much a musical comedian. He is much more, I suppose you'd say, much more normal and what's to be expected, really. He does the storytelling. He has these incredible anecdotes from his life and he peppers them with all these gags all the way through. We work nicely together because we've got quite a similar vibe, I think, but we do such different styles of performance that if you come and see the show, if you don't like half of it... <laughs> You'll probably like the other half. There's something for each avenue of uh, taste, we would say. 
So how come, if you don't mind me asking, Eddie, how come, um, you know, with that just doing a couple of dates between the 3rd and the 7th with Paul, how come you didn't want to do any longer? Is that just commitments from both of you guys getting in the way? Well, most of all, it's the cost of putting on a show at the Fringe, I would say. We were looking at maybe doing a little bit longer. (laughs) But also, I'm doing another show and Paul's doing his solo show. So we've got a lot of stuff still happening over the month. But we wanted to do a little bit at the start just to kind of ease us into the Fringe and do a little show together just so we were there together but we weren't starting the thing alone the fringe can be quite a lonely place sometimes so we thought as long as we start together we'll see what happens (laughs) (laughs) and how many fringe festivals have you done in total then eddie over the years this will only be technically this is my third time in edinburgh because i did my my first one was 21 2021 when it came back i did a single improv show one gig. So I did a gig in Edinburgh, and I count that as my first Fringe experience. At 22, I did a couple of shows and things. And so this is my third year, really. So it's not been a lot. Still, uh, I'm still very green behind the ears. It's an incredible place. <laughs> is it a scurry kind of thing to play the Fringe, Eddie? Would, you know, is it easier to have a sidekick, a Richard to your duty? <laughs> Partner in crime. <laughs> Yeah, I could have went with that one. Yeah, sounds a bit cooler. I was going to say a holly to your fill, but I don't think we can do that anymore. (laughs) He's something to my something. We have become a bit joined at the hip. Next year we might do a proper kind of two-man show, but uh, we'll see what happens there. In terms of the fringe, I think it can be a bit of a daunting thing. Um, Last year was kind of my first proper time just throwing myself into it, and that was really quite an experience. You'd sort of... You'd never really have a plan at the start of the day, and then by the end you'd ended up doing three different shows that you'd got last minute, and you're running up and down the streets of Edinburgh trying to figure it all out, and it's uh, it's incredible. <laughs> Just to sort of touch on it, I know the show number two is with... Farrelly, Liam Farrelly. So 9.20pm, 3rd to the 27th of August, at the Stand Comedy Club two again it's a little bit like it would be with paul am i right in saying eddie so that's sort of storytelling with a twist with the guitar for you and liam sort of just again probably just going through his roots of comedy and the observation side of it with you sort of jumping in again is that fair to say yeah very much so again it'll probably be split bill over the hour so i'll do a bit and he'll do a bit and we're not sure of the order yet it's all very casual and uh we're just going to have a bit of fun with it, really. I think he's going to do a lot of new material. I'm going to try some stuff as well. Because, again, the reason he approached me to do it is because we are, again, quite different stylistically. He's very dry, and he's got a very kind of... this incredible sense of telling stories and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm a loon. And uh, <laughs> I think he wanted just somebody that had a very different energy. Again, so you give the audience a little mixture of stuff. They can have one guy, they can have another, they can experience a whole range of comedy over the hour. Am I right in saying, Eddie, that you guys met at the BBC New Comedy Awards? Is it 2021? Is that when you two sort of formed your friendship, you and Liam? That's right. I'd been aware of him, obviously. Big, cool guy on the comedy scene. And I was... I I mean, I'm still very new, and I was very new then. Uh, He and I both got through to the regional semi-finals, and I was nervous a bit daunted i turned up and he was sat there and we just chilled we had a coffee we had some tea cakes and things and uh he really put me at ease he was asking how i was he'd said you know oh i've I've seen some stuff on facebook you've been doing things and i was like this is incredible you know and it really changed my viewpoint of the industry i think and i kind of realized that we're all just you know 
strange little people trying to make other people laugh and the ego thing that I was worried about, you know, he really reassured me and that's where we met and then we've done a bunch of things since then and uh, we're now doing the Edinburgh Fringe and it's all very exciting. (laughs) The roots before comedy, am I right in saying there's been a bit of like voice acting work and stuff because your voice and your presence, particularly on a microphone, is something that can really hold a room and I particularly witnessed that when I seen you at the Comedy Roast, I was kind of surprised that actually musical comedy was was kind of up there more than just the straight kind of gags but I thought you handled it brilliantly well. I assume not easy to do that in front of other people who at a comedy roast it isn't just you roasting a fellow comedian it's in front of a live audience it's in front of other comedians with a judging panel that is comedians who are going to be harsh purely for the comedy side of it but equally it is kind of feedback which is maybe welcomed in disguise all that combined eddie i mean what made you sort of go do you know what sod this i'm just going to get my guitar i'm going to jump on a stage what was the sort of jump to really go for it so i started technically started doing stand-up comedy in the summer of 2019 um, which was the perfect time to start getting into live entertainment, of course. And uh, <laughs> I I was from a musical background originally. I've played guitar since I was like 14. I'd always written songs over the years. I'd, you know, I've been in various bands. So I've had s- the performance side of things is something I've experienced since a young age. And I've done acting and things like that. You're talking about the voice acting and things. I've pursued performance for a while. But I was always a bit daunted by the concept of the stand-up comedy being there on my own, doing these things I'd written, just the exposure of it all. It seemed quite a a task. And then I just thought, as you say, "Ah, heck, let's do it. Let's give it a try. It's been incredible. (laughs) I think, uh, and I thought as well that doing the musical comedy would hold me back. I thought it might restrict me and it would be a kind of niche thing, you know? But if anything, it's really opened doors and it's gotten me on a lot of bills that I probably have no business being on just because people go, oh, a musical comedy, that's interesting. Let's get, get him on there and liven up the room a bit, you know? I often get put on to open, let's say, potentially difficult gigs because I have something of a... I'm told I have an infectious energy and I seem to be able to pump the vibe up in a room just by being a ridiculous little man with a tiny guitar and a song in my heart. And uh, <laughs> Is that the name of the album? It's been a lot of fun. It's, it's just ridiculous, you know. Very good. It feels sort of the, the right point of the conversation here, Eddie, to bring in the fact that one of the most recent kind of clips I've done when I've done a bit of research for this interview is seeing a performance you did post-trip in Iceland. So you were in Iceland a couple of weeks ago, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one yeah, of the... the um, fringe, an incredible thing. To be fair, that's, I didn't know, I just kind of thought it was some kind of holiday. <laughs> um, sort of, you just oh. literally go back to your roots, <laughs> if you don't mind me, uh, you know, comparing you to an Icelandic god. The, there was, you did this sort of routine on stage about your trip. One of the lines which stood out for me was, you've seen a man mowing his lawn at four in the morn because it was so light. That's the infectious side of it for me, is the fact that it feels like you can you know, adjust the gags 
for the flow of the music. Is that kind of quite easy with a guitar, like you're saying? Because if you've got something to rhyme, you can take a situation, be it in Iceland or a previous fringe or a gig which has gone brilliantly well or terribly well. I guess you can kind of put that to music and notes. Of course. What I've found is there's obviously a rhythm to comedy, you know, and there's sort of a structure to jokes and you have the setup and the punchline and things. Setting that to music is in some ways quite restrictive, but I've got, um, there are are musical comedians who will use backing tracks or things like that. They've got to stick to the time, they've got to do that, they've got to keep it all on the mark. Whereas I've found being a little more rough around the edges and it's just me and the guitar is if I forget something or if something goes well and there's an applause break, I can jam a little and then I can come back into it, you know. I can vibe off the room and I am very uh, able to be flexible. It's much more comedy first, music second, I would always say. The music is just the method of delivery. Yeah, it's just my way of getting some funny stuff out into a room, you know. Um, I think without the guitar... It would hopefully still work, but it, uh, <laughs> you know, it just gives it a little extra. It gives it a little extra something, I think. And um, I've always wanted to be a rock star my whole life, and this is kind of the energy I carry with me. Is this is this is my <laughs> my way of being a rock star. <laughs> So, Eddie, just just before we sort of finish, I always like to kind of touch on, particularly someone who has only sort of been on the stage over the past couple of years and in kind of really going for it. Growing up, Eddie, what were the peers around you who you might have watched or performed with or obviously grown up with? Who would you say were your sort of comedy heroes? Ooh, yeah. Um, I was sort of later to comedy, I think, in terms of live comedy, like watching local shows and getting to know people, etc., Growing up, I was always much more into the music side of things. Obviously, I would have, like, had music peers and we played in bands and we did gigs together and all that kind of thing. Well, growing up in Inverness as well, there wasn't really a comedy scene at the time. So the only comedy show I remember going to see was uh, Greg Davies came to town back in, like, 2009 or something. And that was cool. But, like, until I moved to Glasgow, I never had really seen comedy live. Like, I'd never really experienced stand-up comedy in the flesh. I'd seen it on TV, obviously. So, growing up, I would say my influences were a lot of the big stadium comedians by this point who'd released DVDs and you watched them. So, you know, obviously Michael McIntyre, Russell Howard, all the people that were on Mock the Week, you know, I saw them. I was like, oh, that's what comedians are, you know. Your Greg Davies, your Daro Brian, your Frankie Boyles, etc. But then when I moved to Glasgow, I realised how many layers there were to it. And there were people doing it in tiny back rooms of pubs. And it was this very accessible thing. And so I started to go and watch comedy. And people that I worked with did it. I, I started meeting people and friends of mine did stand-up comedy. And I would go and see them. And that's what made me realise, oh... I could try this, maybe. Because forever it seemed like this big, inaccessible world. You know, it was just, you're on the telly, or, you know, how do you do it? And I just had no idea. And so it was very much a later stage thing for me. But in terms of, I suppose, influences, Robin Williams, Eddie Izzard, big movie comedians, you know, would have been the first big influence. 
And obviously you've mentioned <laughs> Jack Black, which is somebody that I do not shy away from being influenced by. He is like 90% of this. Uh, <laughs> you know. And that's you where the music came from as well. So I, I, yeah. There is this kind of tenacious D element in there, isn't there? You know, you can definitely see the influence to a degree. I love Jack and I love Kyle and I love Tenacious D. People say, oh, you're just like Jack Black. Is that all right? To s-? I'm like, that's amazing to say. It's like the height of compliment to me, you know. So I, I do not shy away from ripping off the beautiful man uh, <laughs> and, and pivoting it for my own good. <laughs> we will have to look out for you on School of Rock, The Return to the Classroom, or whatever the sequel might be called. We'll have to uh, keep our eyes peeled. Um, I'm going to borrow a phrase um, from Paul now, who you're doing that first show with between the 3rd and the 7th. He described you, and this is one of the roast gags, which is available if you search uh, Eddie McKenzie on TikTok or, of course, on your social, Eddie, is when he described your brother as a six-foot bodybuilder, your dad as a six-foot bodybuilder, and your next-door neighbour was Brian Blessed. <laughs> um, and uh, there we go. Well, your mum's next-door neighbour was Brian Blessed. So that's the other element in there as well, isn't it? Has no one ever asked you to do Gordon's Alive? <laughs> I get it all the time. People ask me to do Brian Blessed impressions, and it's... Uh, it's brilliant, you know, because if I remind them of him, then I'm doing my job right because these are big, bold, happy people that inspire joy. If I'm even a fraction of the majesty that they hold, then I'm happy. People coming up to be in the pub and being like, oh, mate, Brian Bush, God, and I go, you know, you act a bit shy at first, and then you go, Gordon's alive! And, uh... <laughs> And then they buy you a drink. <laughs> and you very quickly learn to lean into it and just enjoy the madness of it all. Well, Eddie, it's been an absolute pleasure. You definitely bring joy and you have that infectious oh. personality which has made me giggle on any occasion watching your performances which you can see <laughs> online via your socials or, of course, in person. Eddie, I wish you all the best. It's worth just saying again, between the 3rd and 7th of August, it's Eddie and Paul at Just the Tonic at the Caves, which is a great venue. And then we oh, go yeah. over to the Stan Comedy Club, 20 past nine, from the 3rd to the 27th. So for the majority of the Fringe run, it's you with Liam, uh, which is going to be fantastic. Eddie, I will make sure you are on my list to come to either one of those. I will make sure I come and see what the joy beholds in person. <laughs> we shall just have to cope it lasts the 30 days or whatever it is. I'll keep it up. Keep I'll it come going. on the last day. <laughs> keep you going for the other 29 <laughs> ahead of it. Wish you all the best and that goes with Paul and Liam as well and I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic 2023 Fringe run. Honour to chat to you, my friends. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. Summer refreshed.